Beast Game Podcast, and we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is the second Phase 4 movie in the larger context. It's not as connected to whatever dumb BS that was Ant-Man, but this one is written and directed by James Gunn, who had done all the two previous movies, and this one was almost not made because Disney had fired James Gunn over the pandemic for like whatever joke he might have made on Twitter. Then the cast revolted, and then they rehired James Gunn, but in that brief down period, James Gunn went to do some stuff for DC, which then later led to him helming the DC studios. From now on, he'll be doing Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or like whatever, Flash, or like whatever movies. He'll be kind of helming all that for the studio. But stars Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is on a roll right now because that Mario movie made a billion dollars and it's still rolling. A couple other people, but Dave Bautista, Paul Von Cleef, Bradley Cooper, Zoe Zaldana. Synopsis is, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could end the Guardians of the Galaxy or Guardians if they're not successful. We're just going to go to the man that, this is a true story. It was one of those days when it was minus 10 with the wind chill outside and so it was super, super cold outside. And I'm outside with the Carhartt with the Thames and the Scully on and I see Big Mike on the corner. And I'm like, yo, what you doing outside, Big Mike? And he's like, yo, this is trap, not fiction. It might be cold outside, but these trees is fire, man. So, Big Mike, how do you feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> yo, I'm just saying, yo, I saw Big Mike get the drop top Bentley down at the comic book store. I'm like, Big Mike, yo, how'd you get that, man? He's like, yo, you find that out, you figure the streets out, yo. Go ahead, Big Mike. No. <laughs> Uh, I like the movie. It's definitely better than two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I have it better yeah. than one. Definitely would say the same thing. Good pick me up for phase five. Quantum Mania was not good at all. To me, it just shows James Gunn knows what he's doing, at least in terms of Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know how this all going to translate when he goes over to DC now, but you know, at least for this movie, he said from the beginning that he felt like this was a conclusion, that he was wrapping up his trilogy, and after that, whatever happens, Happens, and that's how the movie felt. I thought it kind of hit different beats. It was funny. It was emotional at times. And I thought it was a good idea to not so much focus on Peter as much as they focused on Rocket this time. One, because I think Rocket, probably arguably the most popular character out of the Guardians at this point, to kind of show his background and to show how he became who or what he is, why he's always been the way he's been. I thought it was a smart move. Yeah, because they never One really thing. explored that because the first couple of movies and then like some of the other Marvel movies, it was basically Peter and then Gamora. They kind of got the bulk of the backstory. Aside from Rocket, I think I said in the chat early on, Nebula's character arc from the beginning all the way up until this point. It's probably one of the best things Marvel's done. When you look across, I'd have never imagined this is where that character would have ended up. You can either continue it or you can end it however it's going to be. But I think it was a nice bow on James Gunn's vision and what he wanted to tell. And I think their dynamic and how everyone interacts with each other, you can kind of see why when Disney fired him, they were all on, well, it's either him or all of us are gone. Like, you could tell that they're a tight-knit group. They're almost like a family and 
to me, that translated on screen because you got a very solid front from start to finish. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Said I enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, oh man, like, I definitely watch this again. And Thor: Love and Thunder, I told you I haven't watched it again. Don't really want to ever watch it again. Ant Man, I'm kind of the same way. Like this is on that list of we'll go see this in the movie theater again right now. It was that good to me. I don't know what it means for Marvel going forward because I would think this was made back in the JPEG era. So I credit this more to James Gunn, probably just doing whatever he wanted to do because i know the f-bomb that gets dropped in the movie i think somebody had asked him on twitter was it going to be in the movie and he was like fuck yeah like he said he did what he wanted to do he wrote what he wanted to write to me i think that was just him like i said closing his chapter out with marvel and doing whatever he wanted to do and i think people just left him alone because the track record was already there and hopefully marvel will take a look at this and see that you don't need political themes you don't need social themes you can just write a solid story with good acting, take your time with movies, again, like you used to, and you can put out a good product, a nice, solid film, because to me, this fits in, I don't, well, I don't know, because people say it's the best movies in Endgame. Mm. I know what you said about Spider-Man because of the nostalgia part, and if you take the nostalgia uh, out, is Spider-Man really that good? Yeah. And I could argue, I guess, that I'd almost put these even. So if we go best movies in Endgame, I'd say it'd be Spider-Man and then this. And everything else is kind of whatever. To me, that's a pretty good series. Not Infinity War, Civil War, any of those kind of movies mm. level, but it's a solid Marvel film. Like when you look at this, this should rank pretty high on the or at least middle tier of Marvel movies. It's definitely better than Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Definitely. It's better than Ant Man, it's better than Thor, like definitely where they lost steps. This is picking it back up. Now it's just a question of what do you do with it? They figure out how to carry this on because I mean, I'm not going to spoil, but you brought in different characters. You introduced one major character who, even though he ended up kind of being like comic relief in some ways and was kind of not who he is in the comics, I'm still fine with it because I think it fits the dynamic of this film. And now that he's been introduced, I would assume you're going to use him further down the line as you move to Secret Wars and other different things. And Hopefully he'll kind of grow into who he's supposed to be or those powers and whatnot without spoiling anything. Definitely one of Marvel's better moves lately as compared to all the other stuff they've been doing. All right, Matt. Definitely agree with Mike as far as Spider-Man and this movie probably being one of the better movies since Endgame. As far as like ranking the Guardians of the Galaxy, which one's better, one versus three, I'd probably go more with one over three. Mm-hmm. It was a movie that came out of nowhere. I mean, if you're going to tell me 12 years ago, like, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out. I'm like, so what? James Gunn's vision has been amazing. His music, although I wasn't too fond of the music in this movie as I was in, as opposed to part one and two, I think the thing that kind of gets me about it, a couple things about this movie, and one, the movie was violent. Yeah. I had the most violent well, I mean, it starts off on the uh, action scene, basically, so. Yeah, I mean, it's violent. They had dude's face ripped off. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Gave me RoboCop vibes. Other things about it, the visual effects actually look very good. They didn't trim any shortcuts whatsoever. I mean, when they went to the planet that was made of, like, organisms and real-life tissue, it actually really looked like it was real-life tissue. It didn't seem, Well, know, coming from Ant-Man, where everything looked fake, <laughs> looked like Spy Kids, it definitely was an improvement. It looked great. I guess one of the things that I had concerns about is the whole point of Adam Warlock is Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, and the fact that he was a huge omission. I'm like, eh, there's anything, in my opinion, where 
they messed up was that he should have been introduced like probably 10 years ago. But now here he is after the fact and his whole sole purpose, unless they're going to do a whole reset of the Marvel Universe, which I honestly think they will. That way they can have some of the characters come back, such as maybe an Iron Man or maybe a Captain America. What's his whole point? What's his whole purpose? He came in there and he was like a baby. And yes, they did mention like, hey, he was released earlier, etc. But he's supposed to be this golden messiah for the universe, speaking words of wisdom. And he, there he is, speaking like a little kid, being treated like a little kid. If he wasn't in the movie, he would have missed him. He would have missed a beat at all. In part two, we're like, oh, holy crap, Adam? Adam Warlock's coming? And then to be disappointed in that, that he didn't really have a big role. I mean, yeah, he did what he did at the end of the movie, but wasn't real, really a big role. And even in the, where do you go with this character? I mean, there's really nowhere for him to go outside of comic books. Like, where do you go with this character? Is he going to be continued a baby? I think they missed the mark on it with this particular guy. It's the same problem with Thor. There for like the meta jokes. It's just not right. I don't expect everything to be 100% serious. Destroy the potential for a character when you're doing that. Well, they just have to be there to say the one-liner. Is that what we're going to expect? And honestly, my expectations, if they do decide to do another Guardians of the Galaxy with the remaining folks that are there, it's like, is it going to have the same quality that I expect? Because for me, Guardians of the Galaxy, I loved every movie. It was great. An order of precedence is one, three, and then two. I talked about the violence of the movie. I'll talk about the emotion of the movie, too. I think compared to all the Phase 4 and Spider-Man, great nostalgia, there was a lot of emotion in it. It felt like, hey, this was it. And it was James Gunn, like he said, it was a perfect farewell. As much as I'd like for Guardians of the Galaxy to have a Part 4, I really don't. I hope they, they're just in other movies and they, they're in there helping out for whatever mission but there's any way that you perfect a final going away this is it don't think i could have written it anymore although the one thing i wish marvel would do better and maybe mike can chime in on this as well it's like stop killing off baddies stop let them live another day let them escape why they all got to die i don't get it all right keith just completely disillusioned with Marvel nowadays. This whole phase has screwed the boots. And my problem is this, and I'm going to piggyback off what Matt said. Adam Warlock, he should have been introduced earlier. This movie should have been released right after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Right behind No Way Home. Guardians so, 2 way, came out 2017. So they should have came out right around the time that No Way Home came out. As the end cap Infinity Universe. The wrap up to that. The problem is that I came into this movie when I sat down and I watched all the happens going on. The acting was superb. The direction was great. The writing was spot on. The problem was, was that, that my emotional connection and my giving a crap about what these characters were doing mm-hmm. had faded to the point where I was like, when the Gamora popped up, she's a Ravager. She's acting the way she's acting. And it fits with the character. But that's only because I remember what happened in Infinity War and in Endgame. That this isn't the same character that we knew from the previous Guardians. This is a totally different character. And I don't care. I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, okay, she's like that. Oh, and Peter's been drunk for what? It's been four years now. Been in this space for four years now. This movie should have been out right after them. They, and I get it that it was because James Gunn got shit canned. Because it's an eternal Disney politics or whatever, you know, them, them doing whatever the hell they were doing. 
I honestly don't care. My primary problem is when I, as I'm watching it, Adam Warlock was completely wasted in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. He was in there just to be introduced. His introduction should have been in the second movie, Infinity War Saga. But at the moment, I just didn't care. Like, what purpose did he serve except for being the thing that sparked everything and set it off? There was way too much of that. It was unnecessary. It could have been an industrial accident. Rocket trying to save some kids from something or been any character that had caused that damage to him. Gun was just wrapping up storylines. Introduces Adam Warlock. I honestly don't care what he's going to do next because I'm just not invested in this franchise like that anymore. And plus you've been so, anti-James Gunn. In fact, he's going to give my boy Cavill a chance to get a bow out in the flash or whatever. That kind of hampered the whole thing. But I'm seeing these scenes introduced and I'm just like not necessary. And it just didn't excite me like they should have. The storyline was pretty good up to an extent. They were throwing in the jokes and the jams and everything just for the laughs. That James Gunn quirky sense of humor. That was fine. It did generate the laughs that it was expecting. Stuff that they tried to make funny. It was actually was funny. The violence pretty spot on. I thought the characterization, I did enjoy the character arcs going to their completion you know mantis drax nebula i didn't see growing into that capacity but her arc wrapped up perfectly peter quill doing his thing and a nice rounded out ending i enjoyed with the only exception being that you know that for the right amount of cash they're going to be back together again in that capacity they're going to come back some form of fashion but finally, in terms of what order I would rank them as, I, I would rank this movie about the same as two. Um, mm. I, you know, I like two. I, I like the second movie. Um, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, I thought it was pretty good and, mm. and entertaining for what it was. And the first one just was more of a, a surprising wow factor. So I kind of rank them all about the same, in my opinion. Good and entertaining and surprisingly entertaining. In terms of guns sticking the landing, in terms of wrapping up his trilogy, he did a good job. I know he introduced Adam Warlock strictly because he'd already laid that foundation in the second movie. But I agree with Matt. But other than that, it's a good movie. I definitely realized the rose-tinted glasses that I wore for Marvel properties and stuff is gone. I'm not feeling it as much as I felt it in in the beginning days. All right. For me, I guess I'll start off with me seeing this movie. I started at 34th Street. So I'm sitting there, like, why is this dude walking in like the tracker from... John Wick with the emotional support dog. <laughs> and I'm like, the dog's just sitting down in the seat. I'm like, yo, what the hell's going on? And then, dude, next to me, because obviously when the movie starts off, character gets injured. This dude is full on crying. And then every song that came up, he's playing air guitar. And I'm like, this idiot really annoying me. Like, I look over, this dude got his glasses off. He's wiping the tears. I'm like, yo, this is not that serious, man. Okay. So, I think this movie is perfectly okay. As Keith said, Marvel has done a lot of damage to the Marvel brand. For me to want to really invest myself into Guardians or any movie, uh, well, first of all, my Blade movie is stuck in development hell again because of the writer's strike, and I'm pissed off about that. I want to make this clear. I want my Blade movie. The Blade movie should be out. No more garbage, and please solve the writer's strike right now. So getting back to Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, the movie's perfectly fine, but just can't get reinvested into Marvel when you start thinking about Black Widow, when you start thinking about the Eternals, 
when you start thinking about Doctor Strange, when you start thinking about Ant-Man, there is a lot of garbage in the middle between Endgame and this movie. I mean, regardless if it's the pandemic or development problems and production problems, this thing with inside me where I'm just disconnected from anything Marvel. Like, John Wick, I'm 100% on to it. Super Mario Brothers, 100% on to it. Dungeons and Dragons, 100% on to it. This movie, I can't get reinvested in it just because of what Marvel has done and the same thing are happening to Star Wars. I think Disney just really needs to... Some of it has already happened just because of the financial side of things that they're slowing down development of the movies or productions of TV shows. I think that's a good idea because, as Keith said, if this was the follow-up, the Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, like Far From Home or something, this was the next movie, Marvel's still rocking and rolling, but you can't have almost three years' worth of garbage, even including the TV shows. A couple of hits and a whole bunch of misses. What comes out of this is what? James Gunn is leaving, and he's helming a whole new side of development. Then you'll probably see these characters again in some capacity and form in game or in Infinity War. Whatever's coming out next, I mean, which is the Marvels? It's coming out next? I can't get invested in that. Again, this movie's perfectly fine. And if I had to rate it, I would put one, three, and then and two came out during the Marvel gets it done phase. Kind of looking back on that movie now, I don't think it's aged well. And I think what Matt was talking about with some of the characters where you putting somewhat important characters. Let's talk about like the scrolls in Captain Marvel that they should be a little bit more important, but you're kind of making these. Again, meta jokes, inside jokes. Everything has to be inside joke. I'm tired of that. So I think between that and then having to watch however many movies to get to this point, it hurts. Because again, we're talking about phase four. We just left off on Ant-Man. And then you get this and it's just like, you want to go back to likely garbage. Any general thoughts before we go to scores? Marvel clearly has problems at this point. And I don't know if it's Feige's ambition at one point to want to run Disney or maybe want to explore and run Star Wars or maybe he's getting stressed in or what the case may be. But they need to kind of figure some stuff out because, like you said, nobody really understands the real direction that they're going. Like, the scrolls are basically introducing Captain Marvel for the sole purpose of being able to do Secret Invader, which is another Disney Plus show. The only thing I can see for Adam Warlock is when they get the Secret Wars. But this is back to the ambition thing of Feige basically being on record saying behind closed doors and meetings that he wants any and everyone that's ever been in a Marvel project pre-Disney and something like Fox Days and all that to make an appearance at least. Endgame works because that whole Infinity Saga was expertly done. But with the way things are going now, I don't know that you achieve that same level of success with Secret Wars. And I don't know if you achieve that with the directors you've had either. Like, no director that you're naming screams out to me is like, oh, my God, they're going to make a fantastic movie. 
the Russo brothers, as far as we know, they're not coming back anytime soon or when they're not coming back at all. Well, I mean, all they're doing is producing other shows and movies right now. I think that's what their focus is. Biggest problem was that the Disney formula, like you kind of pioneered it, Mm. was that you lay a solid foundation and outline directing and production team to carry it out. You've got gold. They would get these obscure directors that they didn't have to pay a fuck ton of money wouldn't have to give them that percentage of the box office and a lot of creative control of it. those directors didn't have a lot of creative control they don't have the clout for the skill set or the role but the brusos now do disney's not going to want to pay them that kind of money i think what really killed the phase four after the infinity saga the fact that they had to take all their creative talent and creative input and storylines and they had to dilute it down for disney plus but marvel is going to fucking fail you have to watch disney plus the two shows wandavision on ms marvel on disney plus in order to know two of the characters where my problem comes into play where it is if you don't see this you don't understand something else you can't do that with like the b-team characters i think that's where the biggest problem kind of comes into play the massive problem i have is that the one tv show that actually did it right and tied in all the marvel shit the movies comic books and gave that little bit of the extra background information and the whole marvel thing and was getting pretty decent ratings was agents of sealed like one of the last podcasts we talked about marvel i had brought that up that that was a point that disney went downhill was agents of shield was kind of its own thing and then mm-hmm. that led into well, now we need to kind of compete with Netflix and then Star Wars content in general. And then that translated down to Marvel, which then starts to dilute the importance of certain characters, certain storylines, because everything now had to be get your $14, $15 a month content for Disney+. Plus. The content that has been there has been inconsistent to mediocre. Let's just call it this, trash. Fucking trash, <laughs> like. So, so they had you. the tools. They had the tools and everything situated. Talk about this a lot. I came out of the theater. Let's say this for the spoilers. So right. let's wrap up and we'll go directly into spoilers and then we'll pick up this. So, Big Mike, what score would you give Guardians Three? Between seven and seven. I guess I say seven point two five. I'll put it down. There. That is lower than what I thought you would give it. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's not great Marvel. It's not bad Marvel. I mean, it was good, but I won't say I have Marvel fatigue because, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. You are I've Marvel. I've had people tell me my loyalties are fault at times because I'm loyal to the wrong shit, but. Mike, you I are mean, Marvel. Loyal, you, you are comics. You, hey, are you like Marvel. what you like. You like yeah, what I you mean, like. like I said, don't ever apologize for it. <laughs> Secret Invasion is going to come out. I may be skeptical. I mean, hell, I'll be honest. I was skeptical of this when I saw the trailer. I watched the trailer could one day like three times straight and I just kept going, man, I don't know if this is going to be good. Like I, I was completely worried. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. So I'm trying to think who saw it first. It might have been James. It was like, oh, well, if it's all right, well, I guess I go see it. <laughs> and I yeah, think you were going to so, go see it anyway, but. I'm always going to end up going to see it regardless. Like, see the Marvel. So one way or another, I'm going to be in the movie theater and I'm going to see it. <laughs> um, whether I like it or not is a whole nother discussion, but I'll be there to see it one way or another. Secret Invasion, I'm going to watch it. In the right direction for Marvel, I would say, because it was a better movie than what they've been putting out, because you look at some of the movies they put out, and even some of the shows, it's 
really sad in a lot of ways when you look back to what they had and the success they had. But James Gunn is really last of the old guard for Marvel. Yeah, it's really what this is. Yeah, but, and now that he's gone, Dave Bautista's already said he doesn't want to do tracks anymore because, dude, like I'm in my fifties, I'm gonna keep walking around with my shirt off and all these like now, like. He really doesn't want to do it anymore. So what's going to happen now? He's gone. If he shows back up, I would assume it's in like a cameo or something. But that's about it. I'm going to get that character anymore. Does Bradley Cooper keep doing Rocket? Or does he decide, hey, you know what? I've used my voice enough for this role. This now. Like, I need a break. I'm done, too. Zoe, I think, has already said she's done. Others, I don't know. But again, what's going to happen moving forward? And what are you actually going to do? When did Guardians 1 come out? Was that 2012 or 2014? Uh, let me see. I just watched the whole program about this. So Iron Man was 08. They fast-tracked Iron Man 2. Trash. After that. It was Captain America, and then I think it was Guardians. I want to say Guardians was 12. Okay. I might be wrong. I want to say it's between 12 and 13. Well, I'm just um, saying from a production standpoint, and plus they screwed James Gunn over, probably 10-plus years is a long time to be on a franchise. Yeah. But go ahead, Mike. And even directors and people get fatigued. They want to do something different. The issue that I do have with Marvel is, again, we've talked about this ad nauseum. You have so many fucking characters to use, to utilize. We shouldn't be stuck with these ones that you're picking. Like, why was she Hulk the show? We did not need her at this juncture. Like, I'm going to say I'm, this. I like She-Hulk. I grew up reading a lot of She-Hulk comics or drawing She-Hulk. I mean, we talked about that on the group chat, drawing comics. I didn't necessarily read them, but I grew up drawing them. She-Hulk was one of the characters that drew. And She-Hulk was cool, but I didn't need She-Hulk banging Daredevil on Disney+. Plus. Right now, no, that's not what I need. I didn't need her twerking with Megan Thee Stallion. And again, Dude. that's all the post-2020 hip and cool as we yeah, can. Yeah, like, Marvel set the tone for films. Like, I literally just watched this whole series about this. And they were talking about Feige and how apparently at one point this dude was getting coffee for people and became one of the greatest producers in movie history. Like he executed something that nobody thought was possible. And now you look at stuff and you're like, this can't be the same guy. Like, what's <laughs> happening? 7.25. That's, I liked it. I'm good. All right. Matt. I would give it a nine. I can understand that. I think the heartfelt emotion of the movie was great. Although. Now that I'm like listening to everyone, we really didn't talk about the villain as much. I really enjoyed his acting, although he was he was more of a screamer the whole movie, in my opinion. Mm. If he toned it down a little bit more, I'd probably take him a little bit more serious. But it had emotion, it had violence, it had a perfect ending. It made sure to have a perfect arc for even the other characters, such as Nebula. She had her time to shine. Mantis, her arc was also in there, too. I mean, it was a very good movie, well thought out. Don't agree, and this is the reason why it's not a perfect score. I don't agree with the introduction of Adam and his less than important. Yeah, because you had been talking about Adam Warlock for a long time. <laughs> what was the point? So that's the only reason it gets a, gets a nine, but this was a movie that when it came out, I was amped to see, and it did not disappoint. All right, Keith. So I'm going to give this well, one out of seven. Okay. Um, it really didn't miss uh, a beat or anything like that, but again, I'm not going to say too little too late, but I will say that Disney fucked themselves by firing gun when they did. Should have had them uh, 
always running the show. Like this should have been released when it was supposed to be released, like a whole phase ago. He gave me this movie before they put out that goddamn Eternal shit. That's what they should have done. Acting was good, action is great, music choices were good, but again, I'm just not invested in this anymore. So I'm gonna give it a seven, solid movie. That's all I can say about it. All right, in between, so I'm gonna go a seven, five to an eight. Again, this movie is perfectly fine. Good things to like about this movie from a direction standpoint. I mean, Disney has had some challenges. I mean, regardless of what movie it is and what FX house that is working on these, the CG is terrible. Ant-Man being one of those. That whole surround crap that they've been doing needs to stop. Well, the volume, like whatever they call it, the volume of the surround doesn't really matter, but look good in this movie. The CG look good. A little bit sadder in tone, which then kind of balances out some of the unnecessary comedic stuff. But again, the movie is fine and watchable. And I just don't care. <laughs> I think that's where I am because all of the potential with Marvel from a where can it go to standpoint has been deflated by all of the garbage that they have put out in between Endgame and this movie. There's been some atrocious, very, very atrocious stuff like Black Widow. And Mike was talking about She-Hulk. And I'm going to talk about Ant-Man because Ant-Man looked like it was hot garbage. At least this one had some competent storytelling. It had very good relatability to the characters. And I still don't care. And I think that will wrap up the podcast. So a little telling from a standpoint of where we might have been at 2017, even with Guardians 2. The potential would take you over the next two years into 2019 to Infinity War and Endgame. Black Panther was in that. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff in between that that worked. That from Endgame to this. There is a whole bunch of stuff that does not work at all. Whoever is at Disney, whatever vision Disney had for Disney Plus or whatever they had pre-pandemic and the movies that they chose, again, where the hell is my blade? If we can get Thor Love and Thunder out of the door, rush hot trash and hot garbage to the point that Chris Hemsworth doesn't even want to do it any longer if they don't get the character right. But my Blade movie goes through multiple directors, multiple scripts, and now there's a writer's strike. I'm pissed off because I don't get any Blade movie. So Wesley Snipes is somewhere just laughing, saying, you're trying to ice skate uphill. And that's the Beast Game Podcast.